Chuck on your trackies and make a cuppa. Time for Matt and Alex's Bottomless Brunch. Well, it is a Saturday, Matt O'Kine, and I tell you what, I cannot wait. Have a little brunch. Well, you said just a little bit uh, earlier that you had a... You actually had your brunch Tell you in what. the in the house of brunch. Oh, when you're paying a dollar fifty extra for hollandaise, you just know life is back to normal, isn't it? Just the lathering it around you. The thick those thick serviettes. A, a uh, thick cut bacon. You don't get that at home. Oh. Anyway, service cleaning someone else cleaning the plates. It's great to be back out eating at restaurants again. Exactly. I'm at 1.5 metres apart, of course. But it does mean that you can be very, very close. Some would say intimate. Having our voices in your head is quite an intimate experience. And so we appreciate you uh, having a very... Don't do that. (laughs) Don't give them a wet willy. Come on, mate. Get your tongue out of there. Um... But this is this is your first bottomless brunch. Not a, we don't only provide you with sounds of a tongue going in an ear. We also give you the best bits oh, of the wait, last. W- yeah, just, can someone? I get- might want to wipe that ear out. Um, you get the best bits of the show during the week. If you're a busy person, you know you'll go to woe. You had the lot on. Then uh, why not get your bottomless brunch on and uh, have a couple of uh, real highlights of what was a week of highlights, Matt? Yeah, we had so much fun this week, as we do every week. But we also had some incredible guests, and uh, it's it really gets me excited to think of all the great people that join us each and every day. We talked to Suffer from the Hilltop Hoods, hearing from him, some really fun listeners, and you're going to be hearing from a real life fruit bat. So uh, stay with us and enjoy this Matt Alex's Bottomless Brunch. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. So Matt, since the start of this whole lockdown situation, your boy Alex Dyson, DJ Snorlax, uh, Mary Droppins, the Perry Perry Drizzler, has lost <laughs> all of his DJ sets. <laughs> Um, yeah, no gigs, man. It's pretty hard times, isn't it, for a performer? You don't got to tell me. The comedy scene, there's not many laughs around that that place either. Not at all, um, particularly in this podcast. But <laughs> so <laughs> I've had to look outside the traditional realms of DJing. I mean, I've been lucky enough to DJ at places like Splendour in the Grass before, Hot Dub Wine Machine, did a tour around the country there, playing in places in Perth like the left flank Jack Rabbits in Canberra, Mr. Wolf, you know, uh, Bimbo's in Melbourne is really cool. You've DJed for Boilermakers gigs before. I've even DJed for uh, some incredible Boilermakers gigs supporting Code of Conduct on their tour, which was pretty big as well. But all of that is toast. So I have been uh, delving a little bit deeper and I think I have found a new gig for me to play. Um, I do love bringing the, the rave bangers and I think... Cairns is the place that suddenly DJ Snorlax can make his triumphant return because I just saw in the news that the Cairns Regional Council received approval from Environment Minister Susan Lay to use noise and lights to try and disperse about 5,000 spectacled flying foxes from roosting in the trees near the city's library. So that is it, Matt. (laughs) The rave is back. I uh, I called up the Cairns City Council to sort of offer my services if they're dispersing bats. They need some sounds and lights. I've got my strobe at home. 
I've got my subwoofer. You're pretty good at dispersing crowds as well, you know. <laughs> Many a dance floor has been cleared <laughs> when Alex Dyson has jumped on the ones and twos. And so I thought, why not try and get uh, get that uh, that career back on track by uh, heading to Cairns and dispersing a few flying foxes. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Cairns City Council uh, wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, they... <laughs> refused to comment on it. Maybe it's because environmental groups have been questioning uh, the government's decision to approve the relocation given the spectacled flying foxes are endangered. You know, we want to take care of the flying foxes. I would hope that uh, my DJ sets would be uh, an enjoyable thing rather than uh, than a, yeah, a grievance on the flying foxes. But the Kansas City Mm. Council didn't want to talk to it. Apparently it's near the library. We called the library. They weren't prepared to comment. So uh, in order to see whether this idea does have merit, does have legs, does have wings, we thought, why not skip these human bureaucrats and head straight to the uh, the mayor of the Flying Foxes themselves in Cairns and uh, actually talking to Rupert Skinwings, uh, who joins us from a Moreton Bay fig uh, in the middle of Cairns. Hello, Rupert. Hi. Uh... G'day, it's me, Rupert, the speckled flying fox. I thought you were a spectacled flying fox. I am both. I am speckled and I wear glasses. Now, Rupert, uh, you are in Cairns at the moment. What made you choose Cairns as a, as a cool place to be a flying fox? Oh, because I love Cairns. Drinking them and places that are named after them. Uh, it's also warm and there's heaps of backpackers. I steal their fruit from their backpacks. On your Rupert. Now, this is pretty interesting. The council don't like you being in the middle of town. Have you had sort of troubles with the landlords before? Ah, uh, they are big. I try to shit on them. Always try to poop on them at all costs. The only well, problem ca- with... The problem is- oh, no, I'll tell you what, there's a problem with being... <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's <laughs> a flying fox. You're hanging upside down half the time. You try and poop on someone, and then the girl goes on you. Guess. It's not like a bird. These pigeons have got it easy. <laughs> Occupational hazards of being a bat there. Um, ah, hey, hey, a flying fox. What? I'm a spectacled flying fox. Yes, I'm a mega bat, but we're trying to we're trying to take the attention away from the whole bat thing at the moment. I don't know if you've seen the papers, but it's not it's not hot being a bat right now, my friend. No, okay, a sorry. Flying fox. Sorry, a mega bat. Well, I'm Rupert. I'm thinking of doing a DJ set in Cairns uh, to help out the city council. Do you think it would help disperse you and your kin uh, in Cairns? Do you reckon more bats would come and uh, and rock out to the uh, the rave music? Oh, mate, I've seen you on the ones and twos on the uh, platters of matter. I reckon the whole bat community, the, I mean, the flying fox community <laughs> will be out here just loving it. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you know why they want to relocate us? Do you know where they want to take us to? Where? The council? The swamp. They want to relocate us to the swamp. You know what one of our predators are? Crocodiles. Oh. Do you know how much more likely you are to see a crocodile at the swamp than you are on the main streets of Cairns? Huh? Why doesn't the council live in the bloody swamp? Why don't they go and relocate their offices? Oh, a bunch of crooks. 
I mean, because I mean, you know what the crafting scene is where we are right now. A surprisingly good point there from a man pretending to be a bat. Um, uh, now, Rupert, do you want do you want any requests? Because I put the word out to, to the rest of your flying foxes, and this is the the biggest request from people uh, in the trees in Cairns. What does the fox say? Is that what the flying fox says as well? That's that's like that song is the is uh, is a stain on our existence. It is what crazy frog is to frogs. What <laughs> what that is to foxes to us. Okay, well, I promise not to play any Ilvis uh, when we uh, we do DJ in cans. Well, Matt, I mean, uh, <laughs> who's Matt? Rupert? Oh, do you know, Matt? Do you know the uh, the ringtail possum, Matt, that comes around <laughs> here every Thursday night to play um, fairy poker? Yeah. I yeah. Do. I, that must have been who I got confused with. Uh, Rupert, the flying fox uh, from Cairns, thank you very much for joining us here on All Day Breakfast. We'll catch you later. Yeah, uh, bye. Matt and Alex's Bottomless Brunch, the best of All Day Breakfast, replayed it for your listening pleasure. Well, Matt, they call us the sunburnt country, but recently we've been looking like the country of shade because some shade has been thrown. People waited six (laughs) seconds for that? No, (laughs) fair call. It was worth it. It was worth it. That's it. Uh, Because some shade has been thrown between the Victorian Premier and the entire state of South Australia. Uh, Daniel Andrews, Premier of Victoria, saying this yesterday... Well, look, I don't want to be offensive to South Australians, but why would you want to go there? Why would you want to go there? Holiday here. The best experiences in our nation are right here in Victoria. Why would you want to go there? In uh, response to South Australia leaving Victoria out of its upcoming travel bubble, I mean, the beef is large, the diss has been thrown, and so we thought it's only fair to get a response from South Australia. Um, You know, they've produced many... Uh, good people over the years, none more so than our guest right now, MC Suffer from the Hilltop Hoods. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Mate. Are you in I'm, Victoria, Alex? I am originally from Victoria. I mean, I wish we could. We were talking in better times, but much like <laughs> the olden days, uh, if you were in France and I was in England, uh, our countries are at war. There's nothing that can be done. <laughs> wow. We are now mortal enemies. Are we talking civil war? Is that what we're talking? Well, I mean, Matt, nothing civil about it, mate. Did you hear that audio? <laughs> oh my goodness, Matt. How do you feel about this? Because I feel like it's one of those things where Sydney and Victoria have traditionally had the beef. In the, I mean, you know, Sydney versus Melbourne. In that, Melbourne hates Sydney, and Sydney doesn't care because it's better. <laughs> so, what, how does South Australia, you know, you being from Adelaide, feel about uh, this shade getting copped from Melbourne? I only read it. That was the first time I heard it. It doesn't sound as bad when you hear it. It sounds like he's just being, he's more being positive about Victoria than he's being derogatory about South Australia. Mm. But having (laughs) said that, he also does sound like the guy that got turned down the girl and he's like, I'm not interested anyway. Didn't even want it. Didn't even want to go to South Australia, so <laughs> <laughs> why are you even asking? It is a wee childish. There's lots to come here for. We have beautiful beaches and incredible wine and um, beautiful countryside and 
zero cases of coronavirus. <laughs> That's the uh, new tourism slogan for South Australia. I, think. I mean, because the South Australia... We've Premier... got it on our licence plates. You wouldn't even know because none of you can come here. It's on... <laughs> you see a South Australia licence plate going past and just say no, the, the no corona state uh, at the bottom of it. But it is pretty... We've the South Australian the Premier... Airport, it's like a factory with no injuries. The number goes down. Like <laughs> That is it. Well, the Premier responded back with a video showcasing a lot of the things you mentioned, you know, the, the beautiful wineries and the uh, activities that you can potentially do. But, I mean, I, I don't think that that'll settle the beef. I mean, hip-hop synonymous for beef. You've been dealing with it for, for many years, Matt. What, what sort of advice can you give for the politicians when it comes to, uh, you know, a potentially a diss track? Like, he's already lost in a way by showing how annoyed he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the, you got to be cool, calm and collected. The, the stone, the stony face. Yeah, and look, I don't like our premier. I <laughs> wow, shots fired <laughs> internally here. There's the civil think... war we were talking about. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it should be surprising to you guys that a guy that's been making hip hop for twenty years doesn't like his liberal, liberal premier. I don't, I don't, I don't care if he kept us safe from Corona or not. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like the guy, but. At the same time, Andrew, like, he's just showing his cards. And you know where he screwed up as well? Like, he's got that, um, what's that New York governor, the, the Cuomo? The Cuomo, 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 yep, yep. He's got that thing where people are like, yeah, he listens to the science. He, he, he could be a real leader. He could be, like, he could be a contender. Mm. And if you want to go into federal politics... Guess who you're going to need, buddy? Guess who? <laughs> <laughs> South Australia folks. Well, maybe you have to try oh. and get Nick Xenophon out of retirement to uh, be his right-hand man. But, I mean, he's, he's no stranger to uh, being on a, on a track. Uh, someone remixing, I think it was Mashton Kutcher actually, remixing uh, his press conference of <laughs> telling people not to get on the beers into a more pro-beer song. Get on the beers. That's your civic duty. That's what's most important. And that's what must be done. Beers, 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 get on the beers, beers, <laughs> Daniel, <clears throat> beers. Thank you, pardon, Daniel Andrews, <laughs> bringing the heat on that remix. Uh, so where does this leave us, Matt? I mean, would me and Matt would love to come and visit you in South Australia. We're not okay. allowed to. What will you be doing <laughs> uh, without us there? Look, um, I don't want to rub anything in. I'm about to go with my family to a pub. I don't know what, <laughs> what you lot are doing, but... Um, <laughs> Just getting on the beers. <laughs> just can you I'm maybe just like be sitting at this pub, just touching my face, just <laughs> <laughs> just licking everyone else's glass oh, rims, man, just, just, <laughs> just getting right in there, just coughing in people's mouths. <laughs> All right, well, look, suffer on behalf of Victoria. Apologies for any 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 way that this was misconstrued as a, a diss. I mean, hopefully our states can once again live live in harmony. I mean, from Warrnambool, I'm only two hours from the border. I'd go to Mount Gambier and play paintball uh, as a child. So, um, yeah, hopefully I can... Showing your credentials, nice. Exactly. I, I feel like, I feel a very affinity with the state. So, um, look, apologies. Well, let's just keep it between these two clowns. Okay, okay. well, yeah, yeah how about we okay. all get along now and go and spend our <laughs> tourism dollars all across this great land when we yeah. are allowed. But follow the rules, but also be friends with everyone. Safa yeah, from the Hilltop Woods, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really, really appreciate it. Let's keep calm, let's stay civil, and we'll catch you next time. This is Matt and Alex's Bottomless Brunch. All the best bits from the all-day breakfast show out of the Tupperware, reheated and served up again for your listening pleasure.
Now, those of you who listen extremely closely to Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast or just turn the sound up very, very loud might be able to pick up the most subtle audio difference in today's show, and that is because Matt O'Kine is not in the studio he usually broadcasts from. And Matt O'Kine, why is that? Oh, had to get the test. <gasps> the COVID test. The dreaded test. Yeah, it's a it's terrifying feeling to you know to have to to you know you weigh up a lot of stuff in your head, Alex Dyson, and and yeah, you probably I mean you might have even just heard a bus go past. Then by the way, there's uh, there's all sorts of clanging happening around me, um, the various ongoings of life as it. It needs to resume around you. But, uh, yeah, went out yesterday afternoon, got the test. Interesting. And is that because you just got back from the Ruby Princess or why did you... (laughs) Are you close to a known... Contact? What's going on? Well, I mean, we working at Cedar Meats. What's it's, happening? It's, it's funny because I, uh, you know, I ummed and ahed a little while about it. It's a weird sort of experience to, to decide whether you're going to go for the test. But look, I, um, I didn't want to be a super spreader. It's my, it's my greatest fear, to be completely honest. So you don't want to want the old Okine cluster. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I'd blame Tom Tilly. I'd, po- I'd point my finger at Tom <laughs> Tilly. You know, making his studio contagious. So I thought, all right, look, uh, I I've got a little tickle in my throat. Uh, I'm going to go out and do the right thing and get tested. So that's what I did. I documented the whole experience. Okay. Well, let's have a listen to uh, Matt O'Kine going and getting a COVID test. Well, the sky is blue, the sun is shining, the air is cool, and I'm off to get a COVID test. Just walking down to my local now, there's actually a pop-up testing centre that's opened up just around the corner from me, which is, um, well, convenient at a time like this. We can walk the back streets, minimise my contact with anyone else. Although there is a pigeon standing very close to me, waddling next to me right now. Maybe it's going to get tested too. As far as symptoms go, I don't got any funky toes. I can still smell okay. Oh, believe me, I can smell okay. My daughter Sophia just did a big poop. So no problem with my nasal receptors. Check my temperature as well. It was 35.6 when I last checked. That's very reasonable. I don't have too shortness of breath any differently than my normal unfit self. So, yeah, just got a sort of a sore throat. I mean, more than a tickle, less than stabbing pains. Maybe a dull ache, I'd say, in my throat. They say make sure you get tested at the slightest sign. So that's what I'm doing. It's better to be safe than a super spreader. Yikes. After all the crap I gave Tom Tilly. (laughs) for uh, sharing a studio with him. I'm the one who's now going to be buckled down at home. Okay, so I've just followed the signs to the COVID walk-in clinic. It's very empty, eerily empty. Um, I can see some people sitting at nurses behind a screen. I think someone's getting tested. Other than that, I'm just going to approach and ask. Hi, I would like to get tested. I um, am just recording this audio, the process. Is it okay if I record the audio? No, no, it wasn't okay. (laughs) 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 Turns out, uh, you know, when it comes to (laughs) health, uh, you know, mass testing. (laughs) Patient confidentiality. (laughs) They don't. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, look, that's fair. That's fair. I wouldn't mind uh, <laughs> doctors having a rule, no recording <laughs> while we're there, both audio and video. The thing is, I the, the lady behind the counter said, um, said, sorry, so why are you recording? And I, and I had to make it sound... <laughs> So I said, oh, look, um, I put on my best journalist voice. I said, yeah, uh, oh, well, I'm actually with the media. And she said, um, what media? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, um, I, have a, I have a morning podcast. <laughs> and she goes, you're a comedian, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> she thought you were one of the uh, thousands who have just started their own podcast and now claiming they're from the media. She goes, yeah, you're a comedian, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I, I do some comedy. She goes, yeah, I saw you live. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in that case, I'm, it's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. <laughs> She's like, yeah, okay. Right. I'll give the, she made a few calls, absolutely no, no media, which is fine, completely fine. And the test is the swab up the nose? Oh, up the nose. Mate, scratching the back of me skull. I tell you what, <laughs> they took a deep dive. You would have needed one of James Cameron's fancy machines to get as deep <laughs> as they went on this in one of my nostrils. Whoo, mammy. I was, um, it was so funny because the lady handed me a bunch of masks. She goes, look, you know, you are symptomatic because you've got a sore throat. Um, so you're going to need these when you leave here. And then she also handed me a folded up tissue. And I was chewing gum and I said, oh, what's the tissue for? Is this like, should I spit out my gum? And she goes, uh, we usually give those to people for the tears. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, people, this must be really distressing and everything for people. Like they must be quite upset that they have to go get tested and stuff. And then anyway, a buddy swabbed down the nostril later. I swing my head back up, tears rolling down my, my <laughs> cheeks. And she's like, there you go. It's not for the gum, right? <laughs> <laughs> so All righty. Well, we're going to... Australia waits now to see if Matt O'Kine tests positive. I mean, oh, I hope not, Matt. I hope you're not... I hope not too. I really don't think I am, but I am waiting for the results. <laughs> Apparently, you can get them texted to you now uh, and emails, so I'm going to be looking for every single... Just waiting. Just quietly, I don't think you are either. I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty mild symptoms. The old, the old lemon and herb symptoms <laughs> hey, worth hey, of. Uh, hey, <laughs> you can't be too careful. You're like my, you're like my partner Belle. Oh, geez, I come home from the testing clinic. I got the mask on. I'm like, <laughs> and I've got my phone out, right? And and she goes, oh, what happened? I said, oh, I just got went and got got tested. And then, and then I pressed something on my phone and it just played a little bit of that audio that I that I'd recorded mm. before. And she goes, oh, you're not going to play it on the radio, are you? And I said, well, it's, I've got to talk about my experiences. And she goes, oh, great. Now I'm going to have all these people messaging me. Oh, are you okay? Is, is Matt contagious? And, so, and I'm like, hello, I could, be, I could have COVID here. No, why does anyone care? All right, well, let's wait, uh, wait with bated breath to see whether Matt O'Kine uh, passes or fails the test uh, or whether the O'Kine household will be the new Diamond Pearl. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Sometimes it just tastes better the second time around. This is the best of all-day breakfast, reheated in the microwave for you to enjoy. Matt and Alex's Bottomless Brunch. Well, Matt, there's a lot of shit going on in the world at the moment, <laughs> and there's a lot of shit going on off the world at the moment. And uh, you can tell uh, why, because the International Space Station is due to get a brand new and improved toilet system later on this year. 
Yeah, there's a few <laughs> asteroids floating around, that's for sure. A few shooting stars. The old, couple the old. of comets. Couple of comets <laughs> happening up on the International Space Station. Um, it was interesting reading this story this week. NASA uh, has created the new Universal Waste Management System. They're not just calling it a dunny. All right, it's a UWMS, an UMS, a system that's designed to bridge the gap between the current lavatorial space technology and what humans will need to make extended visits to Mars in comfort. But what have they been doing now? Well, they've, they've got a toilet, but it's sort of new and improved. You know, they've it's, got it's... Kenny up there changing the old <laughs> portaloos. <laughs> no, but I'm sure, you know, much like toilet paper used to be one ply, they're just adding those extra plies of, uh, of, of goodness. And I, I heard, you know, in the past, potentially an outdated NASA system, that it's tougher for female astronauts to go to the bathroom than males just because of the designs of the toilet and that sort of thing. And I'm sure, that, sure there's like a, not a hard suction going on, but like a, a little bit of uh, air to pull uh, any unnecessary stuff into the uh, required areas. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's no bidet, is there? That wouldn't be very useful, just the old... Very luxurious on Earth. Hey, (laughs) I tell you what, speaking of bidets, have you been to Japan? Yes. Because I used, I've never used one of those before properly, Mm. and I used it for the first time, astoundingly accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly... uh, Was your bidet designer Robin Hood, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Absolute bullseye, I've got to tell you. I didn't know how it, yeah, I don't know how they nailed it. Well, as uh, the designers go towards, you know, populating Mars, we need to come up with something better. Uh, When the astronauts went to the moon, they actually just left bags of human waste on the lunar surface. What? You just got, imagine going. Like it's a music festival, just (laughs) chucking a big old pile of crap. That is terrible. Well, the closest I've got to, um, well, I guess the, the closest I've got to the International Space Station was when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and I was about, you know, 11 twelfths of the way up. <laughs> it's summit night. You get up at midnight, so you get to the top six hours later when the sun's rising and about halfway up, the altitude sickness, because I wasn't taking the tablets, kicked in and I just had to oh, no. excuse myself and hide behind a rock. Oh, just- that was about 5,500 metres above sea level, level. So that's almost International Space Station. At least you went behind the rock. My friend crept out of his tent when we were walking Machu Picchu um, on the way up, the Inca Trail. He crept out of his tent on the night before we arrived to the, to the, big, the big thing and uh, just hid behind a tree, did it, woke up the next morning and we, we all got asked to line up uh, to start the, uh, the trek for the day and suddenly we were like, who did a poop on the ground here in the middle of the trail? He did it on the wrong side of the tree in the middle of the night. So, Emily from <laughs> Melbourne, what's the most bizarre place you've gone to the toilet? Um, I was travelling from Brussels to Bruges and I swear to you we were just going to the toilet on the tracks. Like when it was like a port on a train. So when you look oh. down you could see the tracks below you. Yes, oh, I dear. understand so, that. Good for escaping while you're James Bond, very bad yeah. for hygiene when you're uh, just walking across the tracks <laughs> later on. Yeah, and, and I've uh, questioned it, that it actually happens. So if anyone can confirm that is actually what it's like there, that would be great. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, the same thing's happened I've seen in Sri Lanka and India as well, travelling mm. on the trains there. I mean, the real key is, I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's, bi- <laughs> it's biodegradable waste. It's just um, timing the poop. 
so that you're yeah. not doing it when the train is stopped at the platform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and boarding passengers can just see this log slide yeah. out yeah. the train. <laughs> And the bridge, imagine. A little railway <laughs> sleeper getting added to the mix. Oh, uh, thank you very much, Emily. Off the bridge, off the train Sorry. bridge, hey? Uh, Tie a little rope to it. <laughs> Geronimo! <laughs> Troy from Brisbane, another uh, seamless caller into this talk back. How are we, boys? Pretty good, good Troy. You, Troy. I mean, pretty about- good <laughs> kicking off today with a little bit of uh, scat chat. Uh, yeah, but- <laughs> a little bit of scat chat. Yeah, well, about 10 years ago when I was in primary school, me and my friends at the time, we were out skateboarding and we thought, oh, yeah, it's a weekend. No no teachers will be at the school or anyone will be at the school. So but we jumped the fence and skate around the school and I'll tell you what, something started brewing. <laughs> Dear okay. did you did you did you, did you say to yourself, "Man, I could really use a NASA Universal Waste Management System right now." Oh man, that's the only thing that was going through my mind. <laughs> exactly, so, word for word. So you mean usually at schools <laughs> they close the the toilets, you know, with a big big yeah. bolt, so you can't get yeah, in. Yeah, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> so uh, what was and, the next uh, best was, thing? <laughs> oh mate, the garden. Oh, the garden well. right next to where everyone has assembly. <laughs> oh, no. Good on Did good you, on uh, you take Troy. a peek when you went back to school? <laughs> I wish. But <laughs> Why? I Why do you wish? I, too, I just wanted to see what it looked like the next day, but I was too scared I'd get caught out, you know? Yeah, for, fair enough. You don't want people to start looking where it is. Okay, thank you, Troy. We'll catch you later, mate. This is Matt and Alex's Bottomless Brunch. The best bits from The Daily Show, thrown together and shaken like a bag of mixed lollies. New episodes Monday to Friday at 6am. Do you think you'll have kids, Alex Dyson? (laughs) I think we're a month in. That's the third time you've asked me that. Are you okay? Mate, I'll tell you what, every day you learn something about yourself. Every person who goes into parenthood, they think, I'm not going to be one of those parents. I won't do that. I'll be different. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, the the thing I'd ask myself is, would I post, would I be that in love with my child and want everyone to see my child as much and post them on social media a lot? Because I like to think that I wouldn't. No. And it would be all about me. You do. (laughs) But then I thought you wouldn't, but you do. (laughs) I didn't think Veronica Milsom would be, and she does. It is astounding how much you love this little person. You're so proud of them. Anyways, um, so yeah. So, and one of the things when, before you have a kid, you think, and this before you have your first kid, you think, oh, we're not going to use a dummy, right? That's what you think. You think, one, you'll be so good at parenting that possibly your child will never need a dummy or that you will have a child that is so patient, so understanding, so aware of their thoughts that they will never require some sort of habitual mask to, uh, to you know, to, to a, pacify A literal pacifier, them. yeah. Yeah, but lo and behold, you're on a flight at 9.30 p.m., Looked staring down the barrel of twelve hours in economy. People are looking at you mean, and there's the baby's screaming, and suddenly that that dummy's going straight in there, and you don't look back. Right? Well, how, well, how else are you meant to have a dummy spit? I mean, you need it there in order to have the uh, the, the literal spit. Mate, it's just lucky that I had a few spare from my raving days. <laughs> but, um, but, but anyway, getting them off the dummy is then the difficult thing. Okay? So right. right now, we're in a stage where we need to get our daughter off the dummy. Now, you can't just throw it away because they will 
lose it. Absolutely lose it. Because every time they go to go to bed and they go to reach for where the dummy is, they will literally crack it and you cannot stop them from losing it. So my partner bought this little system, right? Bought it off online. It's got five different dummies on it. And as you as you go down the numbers, the length of the actual dummy just gets shorter and shorter <laughs> until eventually the baby's this- just sucking on some little nub and goes, Wait. well, what's the point of this, right? Is this like some sort of dummy methadone clinic? <laughs> <laughs> Where the dosage... <laughs> Gets yes. lowered. Yes. You weed a, ba- a baby it is, addict. It is literally the same principle. Okay, you're <laughs> weaning them off it. You, you are doing that. Okay, and they know because you put it. You give them the new one, right? It's a little bit shorter. They put it in the mouth and they just look at you. They just think, "What am I? What am I? Some sort of idiot." I know what you're doing here and you realise you feel bad because you've been lying. You're tricking your child. And you find out that your whole parenthood, like so many strategies revolve around tricking your child. My partner's decided, okay, we're only going to tell Sophia that um, the cafe only sells uh, baby chinos on Sundays. They do not sell them any other day. They only sell them on Sundays. So that's when we can get them. And I just realised that parents just lie to their kids all the time. So we asked you. What have your parents lied about and when did the penny drop? Josie from Newcastle, uh, what did your parents lie to you about? Yeah, so um, mine's not so much just one lie. I would call it a web of lies. (laughs) We're up to a web. Oh, goodness (laughs) gracious. That is no good. So the, it's a two-parter. So the first part is is that I had a bunny rabbit when I was little called Nicholas that my parents purchased from a girl that lived down the street. Um, anyway, so I've gone out Easter morning to go and feed Nicholas and um, and I realised that he's not in the cage. So I go running inside and there's tears and I'm crying and I'm talking to my parents and I said to my dad, I was like, Nicholas is gone. Where Where is he gone? And dad goes to me, oh, you know, he, he probably just ran away with the Easter bunny. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, I'm eight years old. So, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I just move on with my life. <laughs> They're both you know? rabbits. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that, that makes so much sense. But anyway, it was probably about six years later that I said to my dad, I just have this, like, memory of Nicholas in my head. And I said to my dad, I was like, what actually happened to Nicholas? And dad goes, well, I've got a really funny story about it. I can tell you now that you're older. Um, he said, <laughs> after after we got Nicholas, um, it was about two weeks in, and he said that Nicholas burrowed out of his out of his house, and he said that he put his arm into the burrow and he couldn't even feel the end of it, and he thought, oh my god, like panic stations. Anyway, two days later, our neighbour came over and was like, oh look, I've got your rabbit in a box. Like, is this Nicholas? And Dad looked at it, and went, oh yeah, that's definitely Nicholas. So I ended up raising this rabbit for six years. That wasn't Nicholas. Well, no, it actually wasn't Nicholas. It ended up being the girl that we bought it off. She had lost her rabbit and my dad did the old switcheroo and just told me it was Nicholas. I looked at photos and they're actually completely different rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) You raised a completely different rabbit that wasn't your own. Yeah, and then that rabbit ran away with the Easter Bunny, so we've just come full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness gracious me. All right. You're right. It was a a web, potentially a rabbit warren of lies uh, (laughs) brought there about your parents, Josie. Thank you so much for chatting to us. We've also got Tim from Melbourne. Hello, Tim. Hello, guys. How are you today? Well, thank you, Tim. What did your parents lie about and when did the penny drop? Oh, mate, I've been hoodwinked by them several times. Um, First one was, you know, when you're driving and you've got the ceiling light on? 
Um, mm-hmm. I was told you're not allowed to have that. That's illegal when you're driving. Someone else isn't it? Wait, isn't it? No, it's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've, the pennies are shopping so... for me right now because I never have that thing on. I didn't think it was allowed. No, it's it's illegal. It's yeah, and I've t- spoken to so many people, and they've had the same thing done to them by their parents. Goodness. Oh my god! I totally thought it was illegal. I think we've all. I think the country yeah. been lied to. <laughs> so, so is it just the why do why do parents do this? They just don't want people putting the light on, or were they lied to by their grandparents? And this goes back <laughs> decades. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to carry it on with your daughter, Matt. Yeah, Tell that's her that it. I'll be future. telling her. I was driving along just the other day, driving home from Coffs Harbour, and I was thinking, I shouldn't be doing this because we were feeding her. And I was on the lookout. I was like, if the cops come, I'm turning this light off. Oh, wow. <laughs> just me. All right, well, thanks for uh, thanks, opening Tim. our eyes about that one, Tim. No and problem, boys. finally, we got Blaze from Sydney. Hey, Blaze. Hi. Now, your dad told you a, a bit of a porky. Well, um, this one was, I think, actually good parenting because... My dad told me that, I mean, one morning I found a spider in my bedroom and I was terrified that it was going to be in my bed. And my dad told me that if I make my bed every morning, then the spiders can't get in and I won't get any spiders in my bedroom. Oh, (laughs) that is genius. Good. Everyone run out right now. Because there was that myth of spider, you eat more, you eat like, Two spiders a year in your sleep, or something yeah, like that, eight on in average. Your lifetime, or something. I don't because I make my bed every day, boys. So <laughs> oh. no spiders in my sleep. I'm a spider-free diet. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So does, now, do you still make it knowing that those spiders are getting in? Is just like a habit? Yeah, it's a it's a good habit now, and now I've always got a beautiful bed to go into at the end of the day. So he really genius. drilled that one into me. <laughs> wow, what other what other good parenting slash lies did you get? <laughs> Well, my dad uh, used to tell me that I love dessert. I have a total, total sweet tooth, so I absolutely love um, bugging down on some ice cream. And my dad used to tell me that if you ate after 8 p.m., you would get quite sick. So no one was allowed to eat after 8 p.m. And people would always get to the ambulances would be really busy and then the hospitals would be really busy. So he used to guilt me into not having dessert if it was after 8pm, he'd be like, oh, Blaze, it's too late. You can't eat after 8pm. We can't risk so it. Never- <laughs> so I never got to eat my ice cream and I was always so disappointed. So is that also a, uh, a little hangover from that, that you don't eat after 8pm or have you suddenly um, been your own woman? Nah, screw the rules. I eat whatever I want now. <laughs> oh, very oh, nice. absolutely. There we go. Love you it, eat Blaise. everything except for spiders in your sleep. Um, <laughs> That's thanks, right. <laughs> thanks so much, Blaze. Really appreciate the call. Cheers, Blaze. Cheers, Blaze. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.